Ad Speaks Houston is the multi-Addy award-winning podcast, giving you the inside scoop on Houston advertising and marketing, created and produced by Radio Lounge for the American Advertising Federation Houston chapter at aaf-houston.net. It was March the 6th of 2019, the last opportunity that we had to get together as a community for a night of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Here's a snippet of audio from that event. Take a listen. Mr. Mayor Sylvester Turner, how are you, sir? Nice to see you. What a surprise. This wasn't planned at all. This is a special evening of so many persons to all of the award recipients. Let me just say good evening to everyone. And certainly this is a diversity night with inclusion, and you can't have diversity alone without being inclusive. And then... Um, and then you're honoring my press secretary. So look, I just had to come and present the, uh, this award to her myself just to let her know uh, how much I appreciate what she does, not just for me, but the city of Houston and the way in which she does it. I'm very, very proud of her. And Mary, I am just honored to be here myself. Uh, to, do I give it to her now? Here you go, Mary. <laughs> and look, and let me thank uh, let me thank you all, the uh, American Advertisers Federation Houston, uh, for uh, recognizing this having this particular event. You can be diverse, separate, segregated, and apart. The question is, in the most diverse city in the country, can we be diverse and inclusive? In fact, can we be the most inclusive country, a city in the country? I think we can, and this particular event demonstrates that. So thank you all for what you do. And that is just a little bit of what happened that night. It was March the 6th of 2019. That was then. It was a great event, an amazing event. Lots of folks came out to Pitch 25, and we had a great time. So let's fast forward now to October 24th of 2023. That is our next night of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we talked about that with the organizers. On Tuesday, October 24th, 2023, we are going to bring back something that uh, should have come back a long time ago. <laughs> it's been gone too long since 2019. And you heard a bit of the festivities and the, uh, the amazing things that happened on that night of diversity at Pitch 25. Diversity, equity, and inclusion returns for the American Advertising Federation on the uh, the 24th of October. That's a great month, by the way. I love October. It's a good thing. Six to nine. That's a Tuesday. So you got to be able to go to that, right? You oh, yeah. Find out more about uh, uh, the event for the American Advertising Federation Houston at aaf-houston.net. And any event takes an effort, a team of people committed to doing uh, doing things in so many different aspects. Ingrid Rincon is, uh, what's your official title, Ingrid, with this event? <laughs> I mean, are you are like the, uh, the, the CEO of the, uh, uh, <laughs> of diverse, first of all, Ray, thanks for having us. I really appreciate you, uh, letting us come in and, oh, yeah. and give this event the, mm -hmm. the little boost that it needs and that it deserves, uh, for the city of Houston. I think this is going to be one of those nights where people that have never attended any AAF event will be surprised and yeah. how um, 
how we put together these these type of uh, events to really make it uh, worthwhile, right? Very meaningful. Uh, what you do, I love. I love what you say. What is said about you? I should say, Ingrid. When we work hard for something we don't believe, it's called stress. When we work hard for something we love, it's called passion. Yes. Now that is uh, that is not your saying, but I think it goes very well with who you are. Actually, where well did you represented. get that? Because I posted that not too long ago. It's called social media. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> That's where something. I got it from. Ingrid is uh, strategic brand management at uh, Lopez Negrete Communications. Uh, obviously, one of the, the the leaders in our industry and in our city for uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, at the top of the game, so to speak. So, Ingrid, I'm going to give you some facts here before we. You know these things. I mm-hmm. bet you do. Or maybe you'll learn something. I don't know. It's a good thing. In the United States of United States, the state of Texas, Houston, the largest city by both population and area in Texas, because we're Houston, baby. Um, let's see, an 1850 census population of 2,396 people, ah, and clearly a century later, 596,000 people. In 2000, the city had a population of a million nine hundred thousand, more than that, and then. Um, Increasing to in 2020 to 2,300,000 people. In common with most U.S. communities, this is going to be, there'll be a test at the end of this thing. Oh, okay. brother. Okay, take notes. In common with the most uh, U.S. communities leading up to the 20th and 21st centuries, Houston was a predominantly non-Hispanic white city, okay? Um, since the, the new great migration and immigration from Latin America, Africa, and Asia during the uh, latter half of the 20th, the city became a majority minority city with Hispanic and Latino Americans and African Americans constituting the largest non-Anglo American share of the population, according to the LA Times and NPR, because they're always right. I like that. And uh, they say that Houston was described as the most diverse place in the United States. And uh, that's amazing. That's that's true. I mean, we are 10 years ahead of um, of Los Angeles and diversity, which mm-hmm. is really amazing when you think it, about it. Yeah, you would think that Los, An- Los Angeles would be leading that <clears> charge <throat> considering the, the huge Hispanic population. You know that, Raquel. You just came, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> she just got here. It's she just good. got here. Yeah, uh, Houston MSA is home to the nation's fourth largest Hispanic population. Hispanic population of almost 2.8 million uh, falls in between Miami, a little bit over 2.8, and Riverside, California, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was rather interesting. Uh, basically, the Houston Woodland Sugarland MSA. You know, Houston is huge. Houston is, uh, and the, the Metro Houston oh, yeah, is amazing. Houston. You can fit the cities of, of Chicago, Boston, Baltimore, and some other city. I think it's Pittsburgh within the metro area of oh, Houston. Oh, I think I saw it to your point earlier. It's on social media that uh, Barcelona fits within the Houston like inner loop. I know, like it's it's. It's it's huge. Okay, oh, yeah. it's cities within cities within cities. But Ray, before I forget, my title is not strategic. Um, my title is senior project manager at Lopez Negrete, um, and I help the brand leadership team manage the McDonald's account for for okay. Lopez Negrete. Very cool. Yes, yes. I'll have one. That's Just want to make sure I'm not you know no pickles, please. Um, okay, Ingrid, no pickles. Okay. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, get the title right. That's a good thing. Houston Woodland Sugarland MSA contains the nation's ninth largest Asian population, uh, 575,000. So, you know, the numbers are there, and uh, it, it is really interesting. And one more thing before we go on to this event, um, because we have so much to talk about uh, as it relates to that. The five largest ethnic groups in Houston are white, Hispanic, 27.4%, white, non-Hispanic, 24%, black or African-American, non-Hispanic, 
22% other, Hispanic 11.1, and Asian 6.8%. I thought that Asian would be a little bit higher. Yeah, me uh, too. Considering, you know, considering all of the... Uh, the depth of uh, and the richness of of our city. So. No, they're all in California and New York. Yeah, but you know we have a we have our own little Chinatown here. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Street names and uh, oh, I absolutely, mean, just and north it, of our studios here yeah. in Sugarland. It's like okay, where am I? Yeah. Um, and it's good to know. It is called Ingrid. It is called D E and I or diversity, equity, and inclusion. Those words are used frequently as a single statement. Okay. Yes. A very popular brand or whatever like that. Let's look at each one of those words. What in your mind is, uh, first, let's look at diversity. What is diversity to you? Um, you know, diversity means a lot of things, right? It means um, diverse way of thinking, uh, diverse culture, diverse uh, upbringing. I mean, it, it's, it's everything. I, I think mm-hmm. we're putting a title to, to D-E-N-I currently in the last maybe 20, uh, 10 years, let's just say, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. current kind yeah. of... Um, and what we do in our in our respective <clears throat> industries, but we live diversity every single day, right? Um, yeah. I come from a very diverse background. I wasn't born here in Houston. I was born in um, Cali, Colombia. So coming to the U.S. Oh, wow. exposed me to obviously, and and we assimilated to the American culture, but not losing our roots. So right. that's diversity in itself, right? It's a kind oh, of yeah. a combination. Every person that you interact with adds a, a hint and a sprinkle of diversity to the way you think, to how you um, look at things. So, I mean, that's how I look at it. I don't feel like there's a technical term. I think that we're all exposed to diversity every single day. And yeah. now we're just putting a title behind it. So, okay. yeah. Well, it's sometimes easier to understand and comprehend and move. Uh, any yes, for sure. Of, so what about equity? What does that mean to you? So right now, and I can only, again, use the industry that I've been a part of as an example, right? Mm-hmm. So um, equity is, for me at least, making sure that all those checkboxes are checked in regards to, like, is there are there women at the table? Are they women in leadership? Um, mm-hmm. Are we looking at other, you know, other, not the standard uh, kind of leadership that we're all accustomed? Are we looking into other perspectives to then put those people at the helm that will have, again, different perspectives. When you're working on campaigns and you're only, um, you know, you have all male and the product that you're trying to pitch is women's Dove soap. Um, That could be a problem, yeah. Exactly, so I think that's important for like um, employers and companies to kind of take a moment to really ensure that we're all well represented. Obviously, it's a hard thing to do, I can only imagine because it comes down to qualifications, but we, we've we done a great job at the agency at Lopez Negrete where we hire women, we hire men. It's a, it's a melting pot of cultures and genders. And for me specifically, and I'll give you a little tidbit, and I, I mentioned it on the Add To podcast. Um, when I got hired in 2014, um, we used to have these uh, mm. Monday morning meetings at 8.30, which were very painful to attend. It was at 8.30 on a Monday. Oh, you're so, not a morning person then? I, I would say I would say <laughs> past nine, I'm good to go. And before that, it's it's a bit of a struggle. But it's okay. It's, it's okay. Day. I'm human. Hey, every human is diverse in their own way. Some people are early risers, other ones. But, yeah. you know, we, we would make it to these meetings and every new employee would have to do a little speech, an introductory, introductory speech. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was going through my speech with uh, my wife and she was uh, just double checking. Oh, I don't know. She was like, are you going to say that you're married to a, a woman? And I'm like, 
I kind of stopped in my tracks and I'm like, but why wouldn't I? I mean, that's who I am. They either accept me the way I am or, or that's not the the place that I need to work at. Right. Yeah. So I went up, exactly. I went up there with a lot of confidence. And again, it was a very welcoming environment. And I said my speech and I meant it. And everyone was really responsive and very accepting, like I said, and there is no weirdness. I think that if you come with a sense of, uh, confidence and you know who you are and you're not squirming around the corners or hiding who you truly are you you don't really get a the benefits of like um you know presenting your true self right so, so that's how, all you can do how did you feel about it after you you did your your speech that day how did you i feel? felt great i think yeah, that it was yeah. such a great opportunity for for me at that particular time where you know i was doing a lot of beverage work so it kept me out late at night and i was looking to change my entire schedule around i mean it, it was like going to the big leagues like you said um earlier ray i mean it's a great company it's an independently owned company that's been around for over 35 years um the stakeholders have planted their their heels here in the city it really have, is the gold standard yeah yeah, yeah you know yeah. they've opened other companies that are also in the same building which yeah. also have a, a a slew of diverse individuals that manage yes. and operate within so I mean, I felt great. I felt like I'd made not a statement, but I, I came as I was. And that's all you can do, right? You yeah. you show up as you are, you you move around the world confidently. Who you are is the best representation of you. If you're hesitant or you come into a situation where you don't feel like I can't be myself, it's probably not the right place for you to be at, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 immediately. So you obviously you've landed at a great spot. We all know that. We yeah. know uh, Lopez Negrete. Uh, so now the word inclusion. Uh, let's talk about inclusion. We didn't talk about. I that think yet. maybe it's a little bit. Raquel, you want to help me with <laughs> inclusion? Uh, well, I think um, especially in today's modern age, D, E, and I specifically inclusion. We are becoming a a country where we're extremely open minded, and it is allowing folks as yourself to feel comfortable around and be like, hey, you know, my wife and I just came back from a vacation. My boyfriend's mother is married to a woman Mm -hmm. and they are fantastic. They welcomed me with open arms when I came to Houston Mm -hmm. and it was just so beautiful. I grew up in a town that was, you know, I was probably more friends with the African-American community than I was the Mexican or white community because I didn't fit into either one of those. So to be accepted doesn't really matter like what your skin color is, what your culture came from. Yeah. Being inclusive is allowing everyone to just be themselves. Exactly. So you said it, you were right on the nose with that. It was like a great little segue right into yeah. inclusion. You it, know, and to me it's just America. I think it's a great way to put it. And and if you're wondering, Raquel Who's Raquel? Hey. Raquel Torres is is uh, is is new to Houston from Los Angeles. Raquel is an actor, mm-hmm. and uh, also the American Advertising Federation uh, co-chair. We uh, we uh, said, "Come join our party. We do fun <laughs> things here in Houston." Co 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 chair. Oh wow, you're on. You're on. No, I'm just kidding. Many no. hats, many hats, Raquel. <laughs> So, it, it, Raquel, it's it's fun to have you here as well. Thank you for you know, having me. Adweek uh, came out with a couple of things as we record this podcast. Um, most recently, it says marketing leaders make inclusion foundational. I want this is interesting. Marketing leaders who embrace diversity and inclusion reap the benefits of spearheading change. Uh, with McKinsey reporting that companies with gender diverse leadership teams were twenty five percent more likely to have above average profitability. 
Wow, that's a good thing for a yeah. company. And Adweek's Marketing Vanguard Award honorees are leaders who use their influence to make inclusion a, a key element. And you can read more about that, uh, the full stories in Adweek as well. That was on the uh, American Ad Federation uh, Smart Reef as well. Another thing, I found this very interesting. This this tells me that we have a bit of a, of a job to do. It's a, it's a work in progress, so to speak, and it always will be when you think about it. It says uh, of, of the 71 agencies that signed up in 2020 to threes a crowd pledge to increase black leadership to 13%. Just 22 remained part of the initiative. After three years, the average black leadership is only 6.5% mm. among the current group, uh, uh, though that is up on the 2020s average of 3%. So that's, that's a big jump. Uh, the the f- co-founder of that organization, senior VP of partnership at uh, Deutsch LA, um, talks about how limited recruitment and promotion opportunities have hampered progress and offers advice to agencies on how to boost that momentum. So as I said before, and that's an Adweek uh, article as well, you can read it there in full. But but again, this is a work in progress. Life is a work in progress when yeah. you think about it. You know, it's like, oh, we made it to the finish line. There is no finish line. There is no finish line. It is something that will constantly have to be worked on. I love that. I love that sentiment. There really isn't, right? If we uh, start creating glass ceilings, we're only limiting ourselves and our full true potential. What I like, what, what, what we started or when we were ideating about the events we were like okay what what's going to be our anchor what are we going to do that's a little bit different right Right. and segueing right into that with you just said with leadership being uh, a little bit more diverse or having african-american hispanic uh people part of the leadership um conversation or having a seat at the table we have a um a scholarship that we are putting together that's called the Dream Scholarship. Mm-hmm. It's the diversity, representation, equity, and access for minorities. So we have to start a little bit earlier, right? We're thinking of how can we help the next generation of trailblazers to fulfill their full potential, knowing that they have limited access to funds, limited access to schools, maybe. They don't yeah. have the kind of packaged situation where you have your trust fund or you have your parents paying for, paying for your entire college um, education. So that that makes me happy. I, I actually love that, but particularly that component of the event. Yeah. The silent auction that we're going to host during the uh, at the event is going to go 100% towards that scholarship, yeah. which AAF will then um, distribute, I believe, Candy said, in April. So that's exciting. And you're talking about a silent auction, and it's not like just a silent auction with your run-of-the-mill artist, uh, Ray. Okay, we're talking about renowned Houston artists that are, again, also from many different backgrounds, like Jonathan Paul Jackson. Um, He's an African-American. He currently has um, some of his work exhibited at the Fultz Gallery. Some of his pieces go for seven grand and up. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to a silent auction and you follow Jonathan Paul Jackson, I will be there to bid. I mean, we're putting these um, starting bid prices very reasonably priced. So. Yeah. I think that if you're not going in there for the event, the D-E-N-D-I event in particular, or to hear the panel speaking, you'll at least get a chance to bid on these great pieces that will go to a greater cost that will, right. at the end, um, be all positive return on investment, right? Oh, I love it. Um, mm-hmm. You have someone like Carlos Hernandez, which is, again, a staple in Houston. He's done the artwork for the Santo Can for San Arnold. He, he has done posters, concert posters for 
pretty much any artist you can think of. Oh, he's legendary, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I love his work. I love his style. He's donating in print. You have uh, Mario Humberto Casas. He does great graphic work. His work is really reminiscent reminiscent of like Warhol and Basquiat. He's really kind of graphic oh, wow. with his work. He does these big pieces where he incorporates a lot of um, little nuances and little characters from like cartoons or, you know, I, I have two of his pieces, which I'm really lucky to have. And every time I walk by it, I'm like, oh, I didn't notice that before. That looks cool. And it'll be a handwritten haiku or what you said little saying on the on the painting and i'm like very cool wow um lisbeth ortiz is another artist that we're bringing and she's donating uh an art piece uh for the scholarship she does the frida festival here in houston she's uh heavily involved in the hispanic kind of community um to to push these initiatives forward she has a studio at hardy and nance really really cool artwork trey uh trey slarter again another um eclectic very not graphic but he did a an interesting series that i really loved he took a he took the cover of the houston chronicle for a year and he painted over that and created a series so i was able to snatch one of his houston chronicle pieces if you haven't noticed i i love art so all these (laughs) guys that i'm mentioning all these people that i'm mentioning it's because i've had a personal relationship with them or have bought work from them i mean I can't tell you how huge the art scene is here in Houston and how grateful I am for them to kind of be backing us up on this vision and initiative yeah. that we have going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a great event. There's no doubt about that. This is how, and we're part of the American Advertising Federation. We're AAF Houston, of course. This is how they're branding DE&I. The AAF Mosaic Center for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion in Advertising implements All of the AAF's multicultural and diversity initiatives, the center's mission includes the development of new programs and services to recognize and develop diverse talent and promote broad and realistic portrayals of multicultural communities. And I think that's a a mission that we're charged with here in Houston uh, to perpetuate uh, what National is telling us uh, all about. How do you you respond to that as well? I mean, I 100% back it up. It's a rich tapestry of diversity. I mean, how can you not be aware and be cognizant of that when you're part of a club that is promoting kind of the new wave of how we communicate with the consumer? I think yeah. it's huge. Um, it, it, yeah, yeah it, it makes a, it, it's a very important in the conversation as well. Here's something else that I found was really interesting. Uh, lots of numbers here today. And no, there won't be a test at the end of this, <laughs> unless you want there to be. 67% of African-American and Caucasian women, 18 to 24, say African-American women are depicted negatively in the media. In 2017, the AAF and the, the uh, sorority uh, commissioned a study performed by the University of Missouri School of Journalism on the effects of advertising, news, reality, television, and other media have on the perceptions of African-American women. I think you can take that and and uh, and uh, move that onward to most any uh, ethnic uh, uh, skew. Absolutely. Uh, you know, think... And that's an important thing. I will never forget, we did a podcast years ago, and I'll, I want your answer, uh, with Alvin Wright, who is also part of the American Advertising Federation, a board member and such like that. He said, he was at a shoot one time, and this blew my mind. He said... The guy on camera doesn't sound black enough. Mm. And I was like, what? Oh, my God. I love that you I, yeah. I love that you mentioned that. And, and I have 
some some added uh, commentary for that. But yeah, that, go for that's it. Crazy. Go for it. Go for it. No, I mean, I, I think that we have to be again, if you have the right people at the table, you can address some of those cliches. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you're talking about Hispanic people, we are. I'm Colombian. The majority of the people that I work with are from uh, Mexican origin. There's a couple of Venezuelans, a, a lot of Puerto Ricans. So to always incorporate like bright colors or piñatas or guys in a sombrero to mm, represent the Hispanic yeah. community is the most cringy thing I've ever yeah. I've ever seen because yeah. we come from all sorts of places, all sorts of colors, blue eyes, blonde hair. I mean, I'm over here, you know, this little tan skin girl with a mohawk. So <laughs> we come in many, many different packages. Sure and I do. think that if you don't have those people representing, again, the diverse tapestry of just in general, our, our, not only our community, but if we're talking to the Hispanic consumer, what are we doing? What are we tapping into that's going to resonate? That's important. A yeah. lot of the work that we've done at Lopez is uncovering those little nuggets of of who we are as a community and injecting them in the work that that we do right. and it's very small sometimes and you blink your eyes and you miss it but when i remember one of the spots for uh walmart that we did for it was called invisible man there was a shot where it was a a, a shot of a little girl and she had the sugar skull painted on her face and that's very indicative of like Dia de los Muertos um, that the Mexican culture does yeah, when they yeah, celebrate yeah. their dad. And, right. and and you saw it for a minute, but you want, if you were Mexican origin, you're like, that's cool. That's mm -hmm. cool. And Well, I'm really glad that you brought that up, too. Um, I did a podcast recently um, for my friend with my friend. It's called Stebner Show. And we were talking about the new movie, Blue Beetle. It's the newest um, mm. DCEU uh, superhero show, yeah. and it's a Mexican cultured superhero. And what's what, it called? It's called Blue Beetle. Nice. It's an amazing film. Yeah. It really just hones in on what, you know, Mexican culture really has. And Mexican culture, it's funny that you brought this up because. He asked me the other day, he goes, do you identify as Hispanic? Yeah. And I said, yeah. I don't know what Hispanic means. I'm Mexican. Yeah. That's my origin. That's the culture I grew up with. And in the podcast, we were talking about how, sure, I'm knowledgeable of all these other, quote unquote, Latin-based cultures. Yeah. But I don't identify with them. Yeah. So when they turned it into Latin and Latinx, yeah. I kind of wasn't on board with that. <laughs> a lot yeah. of people aren't, actually. Because I felt like they were just generalizing mm -hmm. what we are, and it's we're not general. We're from so many different cultural backgrounds with different traditions, but what I loved about Blue Beetle is that no matter what culture you're in, at the end of the day, it's just about love, family, friends, yeah. morals, values. Yeah. Respect and empathy. Respect. It, it, again, I think that if we're constantly getting offended because, again, I can only use myself, right? I'm coming in, I'm wearing sneakers, I have this mohawk, and I'm not fitting the stereotypical kind of what you should be at this certain age from this culture. I'm not being, again, not being true to who I am, which then doesn't allow me to represent myself in the best light. And if... I am working or part of an organization that doesn't allow me to do that. That's a big, uh, huge no-no. And I love that you like you're talking about that movie Blue Beetle, but 
I, I don't, I've never, the only Disney movie I've watched has been Little Mermaid. I haven't seen any other Disney movie. <laughs> don't ask me why. I, I love the Little Mermaid. I know, but Who that, that's my go-to movie. I haven't seen anything anything else, not Cinderella. Not, I, I don't know why, I just, I wasn't exposed to that or, anyways, um, Encanto was based oh, on a Colombian town. So when would I you think, yeah, 10 years ago, would you think that Disney would be doing a movie about a Colombian town? Uh, that you know th- that embodies and injects again little bits and pieces of the culture how we act with our families how food is like a huge component mm-hmm. on our of our culture how our families you know this Raquel our families are mm-hmm. extremely involved <laughs> in what we do and but but I love that they were able to represent that I love that that's a mm-hmm. uh, forward movement and upward movement with what we're trying to what we're all trying to do here right that was because of inclusion go ahead well i was gonna say i think that when you expose everyone right and their cultures you begin to learn to live with people and their cultures and that's how you accept people and their cultural traditions and whatnot and then you might even be like hey I like that. I'm going to take that and make it a tradition of my family's yeah. as well. Actually, yeah. I took that for for El Dia de los Muertos. It was a very um, interesting holiday to me. I didn't understand it fully, right? I would just hear about it um, at the agency that would do, they do each year a little altar. And mm-hmm. I was like, what's that about? What What is the point? Or a very what's interesting it? altar as well. I've seen I've seen altars with cans of beer. Yes. And <laughs> you got to leave like, gifts. Yeah. Yeah, he bread. Really, he really loved bush light. He I was like, <laughs> okay, sure, I, no I find that so interesting and, and so different from how, I guess, we mourn our loved ones, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was yeah. not being sad or being, uh, yeah, this relative is no longer with us. But it was like, hey, this is a celebration. celebration. Yeah. It's a yeah. Yeah. acknowledgement that they've left a mark in this world. I want to continue to represent them and continue their legacy. And I found that so beautiful because I was able to do that and yeah. put a little picture of my mom. I think I put, Aww. yeah, I know. And it, and it, I didn't think I was going to get emotional over it. But when I saw it, I'm like, sure. this is such a beautiful way to remember and I'm not Mexican, but I picked up on that culture working with the majority of like mm-hmm. um, Mexican origin um, colleagues. I love that. I don't know what they've picked up from me, but you know, <laughs> I, I definitely picked up that from them. And it's very similar, except for little nuances and words that we all kind of use differently. Mm-hmm. Now, when I call back home, when I call Colombia and talk to my cousins, they're like, what is this accent that you have? And I'm it's, like, I'm sorry. I It's American. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is, you know, America is that melting pot of diversity, been, yeah. equity, yeah. inclusion. But yeah. one more thing while we're on the topic. If you liked Encanto, then mm. you should watch Coco. Okay. Have you seen Coco? I have not. So Little Mermaid. That is a Disney-based film around Dia de los Muertos. Really? And it is so cute. Every time I watch it, I cry because now my grandmother passed away in January, and it's just—it's adorable. Oh, you should wow. that. You know, we're all different, but we're all the same, really. When you think it really, about it, 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 it's just—it's very simplicity, mm-hmm. really. You know, it's like okay, yeah, we're—you're different, but we're the same. You know, Ray, uh, when I'm on my terrace contemplating life, you know, and what I'm actually doing. <laughs> you have a nice here. terrace. You have a? Do you have a, a grown-up drink in your hand at um, the point in time? I do not. No? Okay. Uh, I do other. You know, I do tea. I drink tea, tea, tea and I go good. up there. Um, I'm not much of a drinker these days. I'm trying to good for you. Kind of take a healthier route, but yeah, you. no, also no view on the terrace. It's just the view of the sky, and you start contemplating. You're like, wait a minute. So we're on this earth, floating in a um. 
solar system. That's part of a galaxy. Mm-hmm. That's part of a Milky Way. That's part of a universe. And it's like, the, do do we really need to still be talking about this? At the end of the day, mm. we're all humans. We Again, we should be embracing the differences because if we don't, we're not learning. And if we're not learning, we're not growing. And mm-hmm. I don't think that no one wants to stay stagnant and not learn from one another. Right. You know, I'm learning from you too right now, just being in the same room with right. you and right. all your anecdotes and your background, Raquel. So when you really think about it that way, you're just like, come on, this conversation, yeah. we shouldn't have this conversation, but I'm glad that there's people still committed to the cause and making sure it's not forgotten and we still push through yeah, because it's still to. needed. And we can be leaders in that conversation as well. We took a break from this event. Like I said, the, the last one was 2019. <laughs> a lot of people took a break from life after 2019. Yes. And Isn't jobs just last year? <laughs> and doing stuff and all that kind of good stuff. But we're back. We're back. What prompted the American Advertising Federation Houston to bring this back this time around? Why was that? I, I think I have a hunch and I'm going to, you know, put Candy Pittman, our current president, on the spot. Mm-hmm. But I think this was an event that was important for her. You know, I I feel like this event or this particular, this year's event, we were tasked with, with really finding the trailblazers and individuals that we could, mm-hmm. you know, really highlight their track record of, okay, this individual works. No. This individual works because of this, this and that. Have more of a traction when it comes to that discussion because if i am a young professional or just let's just say an artist artist enthusiast and i go to the event um the perspective that these individuals have have led with in their relative fields is amazing yeah. i mean you have kathy and alex and again i i hate that i'm, I'm constantly mentioning but that they're you know they're part of my ecosystem they like and, that and it's a good idea okay, okay thank you um yeah. so um you know they started at their kitchen table yeah. Wow. So yeah. when you think about that, and you're like, wow, how far have you come? Look at what you've built. Look at all the people that you employ, the companies that you've opened, the people that you continue to support, the club that you support. And I, and that I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing that perspective um, again, reiterated by Alex within the panel discussion. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I want it to be engaging. I want people to participate again. Every day is a learning opportunity and every little grain of knowledge put it in your back pocket, you apply it to your next project, your next life lesson, whatever it is. And mm-hmm. I think if maybe diversity, equity, and inclusion is not big on your list or top of your list to attend an event of this caliber, but I think the panelists are going to be amazing. Right now we have confirmed, obviously, um, Alex Lopez-Negrete. We have um, Deborah Duncan, mm-hmm. Raquel. Do, would you like to, is there anything that you want to mention about Deborah in particular? Well, when I kind of started working with y'all on this project um, and Joni brought up to me what this project was and everything... Again, I'm new to Houston. Yeah. That's Joni Verdina for yeah. folks who don't know Joni. Love you, Joni. But you Joni. probably do. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And the first person that I thought of was Deborah Duncan because from what I know of her, she has just done so much for not only women in entertainment and media. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, but also for the city of Houston mm-hmm. and yep. just trailblazing what it means to be a Houstonian. And I'm learning what that means. And now I understand why there's so much pride that comes out of Houston oh, and yeah. Texas. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I I threw her name out there, and now she's on board, and 
I love it. Yeah, it's going to be a great event. Deborah has been a, a, a frequent visitor here to Radio Lounge. Whenever she does a special little thing on her show, a little video, she comes here to record. It's kind of cool, actually. Awesome. Yeah, Wonderful sure. lady. Plus, we've worked with Deborah. Better Business Bureau events, we do that, you know, the Awards of Excellence. I don't know whether she's going to be at the event this year. Deborah's a really cool lady, and yeah. she loves this city, and she's going to be a great representative. I'm glad to hear that she's part of this. Yeah, I've, well. I've grown up with her, watching her on TV, and you know, yeah. being kind of a staple on yeah. on on the news. I'm like, okay, cool, very very cool um, contribution. Thanks, Raquel. I think yeah. again, it's different people from all industries coming together yeah. to just give their perspective and guidance, and 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 let us, you know, to kind of open the door that that back room door of like. Hey guys, yes, it wasn't always easy. These are some of the challenges. What we can give you in regards to kind of um, or challenge you with is X, Y, Z, and I think that's going to be really exciting to hear from these from these individuals. So we have Kathy uh, and Alex Lopez Negrete, which are the honorees. I believe uh, Alex is going to be Alex will be the only one attending the panel. Uh, we have Deborah Duncan and Carlos de Aldecoa Bueno, which is the owner of. Um, giant tech te giant texas distillers where that's where the venue is going to be hosted oh, that's so cool. talk about that talk about the venue well it's a i believe it was a repurposed building i want to say and and danny's not here danny in a shout out to danny he's also co-chair for this event um he has a connection with with carlos and i don't know if it was a rice or coffee factory that he completely revamped. Oh, that's cool. He didn't move it. He yeah. left it in, in in a predominantly Hispanic area. I believe it's like, um, I want to say it's in the navigation area in that area. Well, Very perfect, industrial, yeah. but I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that he's kind of injecting some of that new kind of development and places to go to that don't are not midtown, are not downtown, or right. trendy places of Houston. And I think that helps. That's diversity. That's kind of diversifying the city and creating little pockets of... It's the same um, thing. It's a geographic inclusion is what it is. Exactly. I love the fact when people do that. I, I had to do a voiceover for a car dealer one time. I was not here in Houston. I was in Cleveland, Ohio. And they had a recording studio in Houston. I said, well, send me to a studio there and I'll do it there. I went to the old American Greetings uh, card factory uh, in, in Cleveland. It was an old warehouse, beautiful big timbers and everything. But I love the fact that when you can uh, be in a city and you you don't you don't gray stuff, you know, that's that's like the, uh, the, the Joni Mitchell song, the parking lot, the yeah. big yellow taxi, you know, knock it down and build it to build something else. I, I love the fact that when you can keep uh, the original history of the city, because if you don't have that original history, if you don't have uh, what was there, and, and exactly. build on that. You don't have anything. You That's got something new. That's happening to me Whoop now. Yeah. Actually, like just riding around in the city. Sometimes I'm like, wait, when did this come up? Yeah. Why is this so? I moved. Um, Vanessa and I moved to the Heights nine years ago. No, ten years ago now, and it's completely changed. It's a completely different little pocket of Houston. Shepherd has been uh, inundated with high-rise apartments. There's tons of restaurants. Yeah. We were excited when the Torchies was added on 19th Street because <laughs> that was the only kind of late place you can go eat and have a beer um, in the Heights. And now street it's, corn, it, too. You got to have that, too, as well. Yeah, it's now it's, you know, that, that whole little pocket and neighborhood has grown exponentially. And it goes back to, like, 
keeping like all those little bungalows in a historical kind of look and feel. I know feel you've of the got to do that. You've got yeah. to do that. There are other cities where people do that. You always see them on HGTV. You know, they're mm, they're taking the show. old neighborhoods. <laughs> you know, Detroit is a great example of that. You, if you wanted to live, I'm not saying please don't live, Houston, <laughs> but if you wanted to go to, to to live in a gorgeous, really cool place for next to nothing. Uh, Detroit's got some great stuff, but we we have that too as well. And as you said before, taking something old and making it not new, but repurposing it to, for a different uh, mm-hmm. opportunity is good. You know, um, to get to a point where we see a positive and, and impactful turn, and I, I think that's little by little by little. I think anything you do in life, it has to be a gentle motion, like the ocean yeah. kind of a thing. You know, it's got a little bit here, a little bit here. And, and what happens is this adds up. But uh, what should we all be doing uh, here? You know, the, the event's going to be uh, coming up here, and that's just a, a one-night event. But, uh, you know, what should we all be doing right now to uh, to perpetuate and, and build on this uh, momentum? Hmm. I mean, we're in regards to this event or in general, right? In general. Okay. In general. I mean, I, I think I'm... Right now, again, I can only speak for myself. And, and what I'm doing is currently, shout out to Caitlin McIntyre. She's my PM coordinator at LNC, and she's helping me with um, all of the McDonald's and what we're responsible to deliver. And um, she's not Hispanic, obviously, McIntyre. But I didn't <laughs> think that that was important because at the end of the day, we're Not even looking... close, but there again, what difference is Exactly. Make? And it wasn't like, oh, we need to hire a Hispanic individual because we're a Hispanic agency. No, uh, I was no. thinking, is this individual coming in with the right attitude, the right disposition? Um, what's her background? Can she help it? And wear many, many d- different hats. So, again, I think within ourselves, I'm taking a pause and saying, wait a minute. No, they don't need to be uh, Spanish speaking. What I need is someone that is X, Y, Z that can contribute and add value yeah. in their own way. There's already... 30 Spanish speaking individuals here. <laughs> if she has a question or an issue with language, we can answer it. So again, yeah. I, I think that's what I'm doing personally. Raquel, I don't know what you've um, you've done personally or professionally that perpetuates that, you know, to, to race sentiment. Well, like I said, I, I recently did that podcast on Blue Beetle yeah. and um, I really wanted to do that because that movie just touched me in a, in a way that I haven't really been touched by okay. cinema now I in gotta a long see time. It. I got to yeah. see it now. Where is what, uh, where is I mean, it streaming? It, it was in movie theaters. Okay. I went with my whole family while I was visiting in Washington. And wow. I'm sitting there next to my brothers and my dad. And I hear sniffling. And I'm like, is that me? Is my brother crying? And my dad was crying. Whoa, that's a big and one. And it hit him so much, too. Because, again, now both of his parents have Monumental when dads cry. Yeah, okay? that's a big deal. Yeah, and that's one thing deal. that, you know, I'm really trying to do is put out there more of, like, that Mexican culture. But as well... Um, for this p- specific event, getting um, swag bags was kind of like my <laughs> little my little uh, assignment. Yes, yeah. assignment. And in that swag bag, um, just by the people I've met here in Houston in the last couple years being here, I have a diverse um, pe- little network. Yeah, little yeah. network. Thank you. Um, of you know, a Hispanic or a Mexican. Um, t-shirt company and then there's a woman who is a mother of four a black woman who has her own skincare line and then you know we have bigger corporations like um kendra scott so there's a diverse um array of gifts in the swag bag but also 
there's coming from different cultures as well. Mm-hmm. Raquel, the real question is, am I am I going to be able to get one of those swag bags? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think the, oh the number keeps God. changing every week of how many we need. Uh, I would suggest, yes, you probably yes. should and will. Oh, okay, please. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking okay. so, I mean, Ingrid. It's uh, a good thing. After you, everything you mentioned, uh, I'll be kind of having major FOMO if I didn't. Med spa. Oh, my All God. kinds of fun little gifts in there for so everyone. You need to be a part of this event. It's the uh, 24th of October, which is a great month. So it's a Tuesday. That's uh, 6 to 9 o'clock. And uh, you can go to aaf-houston.net to find out more. And and most importantly, uh, grab your tickets to the event. Uh, You will not be disappointed. Uh, It's an important event. And it sounds like you guys have put together a really, really uh, fun evening as well. When we work hard for something we don't believe, it's called, we we don't believe, it's called stress. When we work hard for something we love, it's called passion. What a great uh, statement as well for uh, for you to connect with with who you are, and I think you found your happy place here. Uh, you're doing something great and uh, making making the needle move, so to speak, as well. So you're you're in a good space. And one thing before we go today, I want you to wake up tomorrow morning and watch the sun come up, and do it on your terrace with your mm. tea because it will be monumental and absolutely amazing. Wow! So, right, I will do anything if you. Uh, deliver it in that voice uh okay. thank you um again this is not a one-person effort uh joni um danny raquel have been instrumental this is a huge undertaking and without everyone's contribution we wouldn't be here i wouldn't be here with you if raquel wouldn't have uh, connected us and put this thing together so thank you for that and again um i think we all do it um out of love we believe in the club we want to support the club and you know, there's a bit of a competition streak there. I want to make sure that this event sets the bar and uh, for next year that we, you know, we have people at our heels, right? I want to make it bigger and bigger and bigger and making sure that we are um, not only reaching the people that are part of the club and club members, but we extend a little bit. And I that's what I like about the whole artistic component to it, right? Yeah. That we're not just closing it to people in our industry, but extending the invitation to a little bit of kind of people from all walks of life. And I, and I really enjoy that. So again, general admission tickets are going to be $25. That information will be posted on all social media. Um, that will include light bites and your first drink on the house. Um, the cocktail and meet and greet will be from six to six thirty. So if you want to have your little drink, have a lot little light bite, mingle network, six to six thirty. The honorary panel discussion will be from seven to eight. And obviously we'll have quiet time. Everyone will be engaged with the panel discussion, which I'm looking forward to. And the silent auction winner will be announced at uh from eight to eight fifteen so people can make their final bids. And then I always like to party, um, Ray, <laughs> you know, when we did the uh Addies, I wanna say it was in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is a, one of the biggest events in Houston for the advertising industry. Why yeah. don't we have a DJ? And why isn't there a dance floor to celebrate the end of the night? So we're going to have a DJ on the terrace mm-hmm. at uh, Gulf Coast Distillers, you know, providing some tunes. Because one thing that I hate is, you know, the the panel finishes and everyone's Everybody scurry away. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scur- scurry away. And I'm like, no, no, no. Let's, let's keep it going. Let's keep the momentum and, and really close it out on a high note with great music and overlooking the entire uh, city of Houston. They have a great terrace there. So 
Again, more information uh, will be posted on the AAF Add to social media handles. We'll include the link to Eventbrite so you can purchase the tickets directly. Um, yeah, I hope to see everyone there. It's going to be fun. It's the 24th. Do it. Do it. Do it. Guys, thanks for being here. Yeah. Thank you. So what do you think? Going to be there? I hope you will be. It will be worth your while, I'm sure. Absolutely sure. Go to aaf-houston.net and get your tickets today, right now. And we'll see you out there on the 24th of October, 6 to 9, for the American Advertising Federation, Houston, Night of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. So thanks for listening today. At Speaks Houston, the multi-Addy award-winning podcast is created and produced by Radio Lounge for the American Advertising Federation Houston chapter. And you can find out more at aaf-houston.net. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you'll never miss a new podcast. Your rating on iTunes will help us grow. And don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. We also invite you to meet the people that represent D10, of the American Advertising Federation, that's District 10. Check out Adtention, the podcast for District 10. Also want to invite you to listen to our radio program, Ad Speaks Houston on KPRC 950 AM in Houston. You can get the app. You can also subscribe to the podcast, the Ad Speaks Houston podcast as well. Whole bunches of ways to connect with the American Advertising Federation, Houston. Until next time, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Ad Speaks Houston, copyright 2023. I'm Ray Shellens.